Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and to dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. This week on Sanctified in Truth, we're going to be looking at the prayers of Paul, and today we're going to look at the foundations of our prayer life in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 to 12. As Paul opens his second letter to the church at Thessalonica, he gives them a peek into his prayers for these saints. What stands out about this prayer is that Paul prioritizes spiritual well-being and blessing over physical well-being and blessing. For instance, whatever we give thanks for betrays what we most highly value. A person who thanks God first for shelter or comfort or stuff, material possessions, demonstrates that these things are the most important things in life to them. In verse 3, Paul offers thanksgiving. Look at what he says. Look at what he thanks God for. He thanks God that their faith is growing, their love is increasing, and they are persevering under trial. In essence, Paul thanks God for his grace in the lives of these Christians. One of the graces that is in Paul's thanksgiving is a thankfulness for answered prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul specifically mentions that he prays that the Thessalonians would grow in their love for one another. And now Paul is returning to say thanks that God has answered his prayer. Now I'll admit it may not be fair to make a point about what is not in the prayer. But if you'll notice, Paul does not ask God to provide an escape from the trials as much as Paul expresses thankfulness that God has provided help to these believers in trial. Now, I'm not meaning to suggest that we should not pray for deliverance from trials and persecution, but I am arguing we should be more concerned about faithfulness in such times than escape from those circumstances. Paul's prayer also reminds us that even in such times, there are signs of God's grace that we should look for and be an occasion for our thankfulness. One of the most important values that this prayer reveals for others is a valuing of the eternal over the present. Focusing on God's ultimate plan over my immediate circumstances is a necessary way to remind my heart that God rarely does one thing at a time. In the suffering of the Thessalonians, God is at work to make them more fit members of His kingdom and to demonstrate the power of His name and truth of His word. God's also working to show His righteous judgment. Paul's prayer is a reminder and an encouragement that the way things are now is not the way that they will always be, And so we must fix our affections on that moment when God is exalted above all. As we look at Paul's prayer here, it's built on the grace of God. God is gracious and will be gracious, and so our prayers arise from our awe of God's grace, and they rest in God's grace. Look at how Paul closes his prayer. Everything is according to the grace of God. This is a refusal to demand or expect anything and a commitment to be thankful for everything. Paul doesn't want the Thessalonians to think that the key to a life of honoring God is trying harder. He wants them to know everything is by grace. When we pray according to the grace of God, we're not saying that God's grace will give us what we want. But what we are saying is that God's grace will always answer our prayers for our good and for His glory. As we seek to think through the meaning, implications, and applications of this passage, we want to ask ourselves our three basic questions. First, 
What does this passage call me to think and praise God about regarding his character or actions? Sometimes people may think that God's passion for his name is a sign of arrogance or conceit. However, one of the greatest assurances we have in life is God's concern for his own glory. It's God's passion for his glory that assures us that we will be vindicated because God's word is true. God's desire to uphold his own holiness is the assurance that sin will be dealt with. Because God is infinite, those who rest in his grace will be with him forever, and those who reject him will bear his wrath forever. On the last day, all of creation will bow before God, and no one will rejoice that they were right. We will all exalt the name of our holy God. And today we praise his name in, in our lives and everything we say and do. The second question we want to ask is, what do I need to pray for my own heart and life? Paul's prayer teaches that the request we make for ourselves ought to be toward the purpose of righteous living. We're to pray that God makes us worthy of our calling, that is, our salvation. We pray that we would live lives that would please God, which Paul makes explicit when he prays that we may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by His power. This is not merely a prayer for success but only that those things that we and that others intend for good and are done in faith would succeed. If we prayed that God would only bless that which we endeavored for Him, and only those things done in total dependence on Him, what would be left out of our lives? Are we really willing to pray that God would only grant us success in the things that are part of His plan? The only way that we pray such a prayer is that we have been so transformed by God that everything about us is shaped by faith. Today, pray that God would give you a desire to live a life that's pleasing to Him and that the only requests that God grants us are those that enable us to live more faithfully for Him. The third question we want to ask is, what does this passage teach me to pray? Everything we pray is to be prayed so that the name of Jesus is glorified. Such an understanding of prayer would teach us that some of our prayers need to be reprioritized. The prayer is not just that Jesus' name is glorified, but that it's glorified in us. We need to utilize our prayers to implore God that He so conforms us to the image of Christ that people see Jesus in us and glorifies Him because of us. Today, pray that as you pursue Christ, that Christ is glorified as people see Him in you hear about Him from you, and are blessed by Him through you. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us tomorrow as we'll discuss Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God. And whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Today, as we close... I want to close by a prayer by John Bailey called This Your Greatest Gift. O God, who has proven your love for all humanity by sending us Jesus Christ our Lord and has illuminated our human life by the radiance of his presence, I give you thanks for this, your greatest gift. For my Lord's days upon this earth, for the record of his deeds of love, for the words he spoke for my guidance and help for his obedience unto death, for his triumph over death, for the presence of his Spirit within me now. I thank you, O God. 
Grant that the remembrance of the blessed life that once was lived out on this common earth under these ordinary skies may remain with me in all the tasks and duties of this day. Let me remember his eagerness not to be ministered unto, but to minister, his sympathy with suffering of every kind, his bravery in the face of his own suffering, his meekness of bearing, so that when reviled, he reviled not again, his steadiness of purpose in keeping to his appointed task, his simplicity, his self-discipline, his serenity of spirit, his complete reliance upon you, his Father in heaven. And in each of these ways, give me grace to follow in his footsteps. Amen. Amen.